Coming up this week on Sporting Journal Radio. That was the problem with the roundtable. It's not a roundtable. Things that aren't ever really going to happen. When I have to sit there and be told that statistics show when temperatures are warmer, you're more likely to fall through the ice. The other thing that's kind of a, a progression in the wintertime is the ice bars. Not very hungry when the fire department's there. <laughs> I fish, I hunt, and always will. Broadcasting from the Alclair Outdoors Studios. Presented by OnX. Know where you stand with OnX. We're not just a radio show anymore. This is Sporting Journal Radio. That's right. Welcome to the show. My name is Brett Amundsen, along with Dan Amundsen and David Eckhart. How you doing, fellas? We're good. Good. Do we want to continue the conversation we were just having before the show started about plugging certain no things? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> just wanted <laughs> to check. No, I, I get, we get, well, like, uh, like the floor drain downstairs since my water heater's leaking all over the place. Could plug that. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show. We got a lot to get to, uh, including our recent trip. We, we went to the Twin Cities for the DNR Roundtable. Uh, we'll give you our thoughts on on how the roundtable went, what we thought of it, what we didn't like about it, um, what they talked about. Uh, we'll also talk about uh, this. We got, a, we got a new contest coming, guys. Well, how long have we been talking about doing a contest on this show? A while. Well, the bracket. Well, the bracket. I just spoiled it shoot <laughs> the bracket <laughs> the bracket idea is kind of new yeah but we've been trying to figure out some sort of contest to get you involved more with this show give away some prizes things like that so i think we got it figured out now well we have something figured out Let's see if it works i guess we need participants yeah so we need your help could be real humbling if it doesn't work We'll tell you what that is. We'll talk about our videos to watch on YouTube, what we saw this week that we think you might be interested in. Uh, we're also going to continue the barrel trauma discussion. Now, this whole thing started with a DNR study that they did last year out on the ice. It was a pilot study. Angling Buzz filmed it. I heard about it, got all excited about it because I feel like barrel trauma is a really important subject and we need to learn more about it and get the education out to the public about it. So we're going to go out and do some filming with those guys as well, too. So we'll be uh, talking to them about some of the the differences in the study this year compared to last year and what they're hoping to accomplish a little bit later in the show. Also get a word from Joe Henry up at Lake of the Woods and uh, and more. But first, Dan, who are the sponsors this week? Lake of the Woods Tourism. Lake of the Woods is the walleye capital. Plan a trip to Lake of the Woods at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. Minnesota Deer and Turkey Classic is March 8th, 9th, and 10th at Canterbury Park in Shakopee. Learn more at mndeerclassic.com. Haybell Heights Campground and Resort. Fish out of a snow bear on Devil's Lake. Learn more at haybellheights.com. And Prairie Sports, when the new season is underway, you Heck need to yeah. watch those episodes anytime at the Prairie Sportsman YouTube channel. That is one of the videos to watch. We had our season premiere last week of Prairie Sportsman on uh, Pioneer PBS. You can watch for the show on a PBS station near you. Just check your guide, your local listings, as they say, or just go to the Prairie Sportsman YouTube channel and check it out. It is uh, a brand new episode right now on the Prairie Sportsman YouTube channel with a second one coming this Sunday. We went on a veteran cast and blast. We talked about it a little bit last week on the show, so just go check it out. And then we learn a little bit more about early life in Western Minnesota before the European settlers arrived. This week we go elk hunting. Oh, yeah. In Minnesota. This is something I've been trying to film for Prairie Sportsman for a long time. But when there's only a small number of tags, in fact, this year in Minnesota, it was 17, or last year in Minnesota, I guess, 17 tags available for hunters. 
And uh, so very few state hunters uh, had a chance to get tagged. So trying to get somebody that you want to follow with a camera as they hunt a once in a lifetime opportunity in Minnesota, it's not easy. Not everybody wants that pressure, the curse of the camera, as they say, chasing you around. So we got really, really fortunate that Scott Moon uh, invited us along to film him on his on his hunt. And we got to uh, interview Evan Bernstrom while we were up there after his hunt. He shot a really nice animal and you'll be able to see just a wicked elk hunt in Minnesota. And there's some of you listening or watching this right now that are going, wait a minute. There's elk, you may not even know that what? there's elk in Minnesota. Not only are there some in the Northwest, we will be getting some more in the Northeast starting in 2026. So we'll have more about that probably later. That's something we, we learned a little bit more about that at the round table this year, Dan. Well, you sat in on that. I, uh, I stuck to the fishing side of things for the most part. Um, when we had a choice of what we are listening to people talk about, yeah. uh, we didn't always have a choice. We were talked to a lot about a lot of things. Do we want to get into that? Are we, is that your segue into talking about the roundtable? It sure was. I'm a trained okay. professional. Well, I wasn't <laughs> sure. Sometimes we don't follow each other's agendas. <laughs> oh, do you have an agenda, Dan? No. But like maybe? The government does. The government? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, you know, the roundtable was a lot of fun for the most part. Once we got out of the opening session, yeah, we got to... Uh, the first two hours we were there, we were, uh, it wasn't an open discussion, really. There was a lot of talking to us uh, and a lot about climate change. And climate change, say what you want about it, you know, trends are showing, yeah, things are getting warmer. Um, but when I'm, st uh, when I have to sit there and be told that statistics show when temperatures are warmer, you're more likely to fall through the ice <laughs> and stuff like that for two hours. Yeah. And then listen to, like, <laughs> Okay, thanks for wasting my time. And then in, in the in this the also the other consequence of the two hours that now our open discussions that were actually good about forward facing sonar, about other technologies, about the future of WMAs, like important yeah. topics. The reason we went there to have these discussions were cut so short because we had to spend half of our day or whatever, a quarter of our day listening to um, young professionals, which is fine. You know, if we want to have those discussions, that's fine. But We've, I really would like to see more open discussion with all of us instead of just listening to the governor, Sarah Stroman, and um, a high schooler, a couple college students talk about climate change. Yeah. You know, it, it was kind of frustrating. And a lot of people tuned out. There was some good things shared, but a lot of it was like, I didn't feel like we got anything done in those two hours. And then when the time came where we actually felt like we were trying to get things done, it was too short. We just get into a good discussion and, oh, it's yeah. over. We're out of time. You know, like the one time you're trying to ask a follow up question because the guy answering your question, I don't think fully understood it. Right. And whoever had the microphone was like, oh, we got to let other people speak. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like walk away from me. Yeah. Like, Wait a minute. Come on. You clarify. know, so there's some good stuff happening, but I think a lot of the good stuff happened in the hallways in between. And, and, that, and honestly, that's the way it's been for the, the last few years when, sure. I, when I've gone there um, from from everybody that I talked to that has been to the round table historically. They say it used to be more like that. It was more of a, a give and take throughout the entire day. And uh, I honestly, I had to get talked into going this year because of the last time I was there. That's the way it was. It's like, I feel like the first couple hours we're in this big room and they have the governor speak, which is, you know, it's nice to have the governor talk and the DNR commissioner and you want, you want to hear from them a little bit on things, but it's not like you get to ask them questions. No, that's it. Like, it's not they, like they'll advertise it as like, Oh, the governor's here to listen to the people. Well, the governor didn't listen to a dang thing. The yeah. governor spoke and then left. And I get 
He's obviously a busy guy. He's sure. got things to do, a pretty important job to do. But well, and you can imagine like how how much of a down like how downhill that would go if yeah. somebody could t- ask the governor any questions sure. in that room. But it, at the same time. Even if he, you know, it'd just be nice to have him listen to more of these discussions. Because otherwise, what it takes is a group like Minfish to bring up yeah. our issues well, for the government to listen. That's 100% correct. And that's why, you know, we're film, we filmed a story with Minfish this weekend, too, and the advocacy work that they're doing. The fact that they got paid lobbyists at the Capitol, making sure that fishing is at top of mind with our legislation, with our legislators. And that that was the problem with the roundtable. It's not a roundtable. When you think roundtable, you think about, let's talk about some of the pressing topics expressing issues of today and discuss them and give our stakeholders a chance to speak their mind. And literally it was the first two hours we sat and got, uh, got spoken to about climate change. And they did explain some things like the more funding yeah. and where, you know, some actually brought up, I think Governor Walls brought up Minfish and some he of the, the work that yeah, Minfish he loves has Minfish. Done. He's proud of Minfish for yeah, sure, which is great. Yep. But then for yeah, for an hour we had these three young kids up there. I mean, I literally felt like and no offense to those three kids that were up there. I I feel like uh, I, I don't want this to be uh, anything negative towards them because they're just trying to do something that they feel important. They feel is important to them. But I literally was waiting for Greta Thunberg to come walking out on stage and going, how dare you to us while we're sitting there. Just like, we're here to talk about fishing and, yeah. and wildlife management areas. And all of a sudden we're getting lectured to about climate change from from these kids. So, um, you know, good for them for for stepping up and being in a room full. Of, I mean, as a 17, that one girl was 17 being in a room full of 400 uh, outdoors people with the governor with the governor that's, that's intimidating for sure for yeah. sure so but that's that and, and so i'm not blaming them i'm blaming the 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 you know the dnr roundtable organizers and uh, yeah. planners because like dan said once we get into the sessions where we talk about wild there's wildlife uh, wma and ama planning and even then it was just kind of glossing over the details and then he could ask a question and i think like two or three questions got asked and like oh we have to move on yeah. now to the next thing and you get shuttled around to another room so there was definitely not enough time to discuss the actual issues and like three or four hours of the day, almost half the day was dedicated to just sitting back and listening to things we could have gotten in a press release. Right. You're not getting anything done there. I literally learned more. The press release that we're going to bring yeah. up here in a little bit <laughs> that we got or, or in our email, I literally learned more from that press release about this topic than when they talked about it. For two hours. For two hours at the round yeah. table. So. And, and let me ask this. Hey, so David, if we want to think hunting in Minnesota, what are like the three species that you think are probably the biggest things people hunt in Minnesota? Uh, Whitetails. Yep. Pheasants. Yep. And then probably fishing for walleyes. Well, let's, let's, let's hunting specific. Stay on hunting. Stay on hunting. Yeah. All right. So. Don't overthink it. Yes. No, we all do it. No, it's a bigger one than that. Way bigger. Like probably rivals whitetail in Minnesota. Close. Mm, Maybe. Yeah, it's not quite. I don't know. Do I do it? Waterfowl. Ducks. Oh, yeah, ducks. Not one thing about waterfowl all day in this entire really entire round table. Or pheasants. Oh, barely pheasants. I don't think. Well, you would know. I guess I, I stuck to fishing, so I shouldn't say. But Barely pheasants. And even at that, they didn't really. I mean, I think Governor Wallace talked about how uh, habitat for pheasants can benefit everybody because of clean water and, yep. and benefits which, the environment. Which he's is right. True. And it also benefits nesting waterfowl and deer and, and uh, pollinators and songbirds and all that stuff. So grassland is, is just great, great habitat for the environment in general and all all its little critters that that live there but you're right um and the last time i was there there was one hour dedicated to pheasants and ducks cramps so the whole day was uh, a little bit of deer 
At that time, a little bit of wolves, a lot of climate change, um, a photo on the cover of the program with somebody holding a reel upside down. <laughs> and then just like, like I was there for pheasants and waterfowl and I, I, it was just crammed into one little tiny session. And that's when I got real mad and didn't go back. And I got talked into it to this year. And there was a little bit on, they had the big game. So whitetail were crammed in with moose and elk. And that discussion became mostly elk because of this Northeast relocation plan. So there's barely anything about, about deer, um, fishing on, well, to be fair, I stayed in that technology seminar yep. two times in a row. Yeah. Well, but that was, that was really the only thing that was fishing at that afternoon. In the morning we talked about, um, climate change, how it's affecting fish and how warming trending temperatures, water temperatures, warming te- water temperatures is affecting trout. Yeah. Um, uh, there's something to that there. And then, oh gosh, what was the first one? Well, there was minnows. That's a, yeah, it was there minnows was, and then rough fish. So they're trying to, they're looking at putting uh, bag limits on rough fish and trying to, trying to change the notion on rough fish being a rough fish and that yeah. they're fun to fish for. Some of them are really tasty and, yeah. and they're just trying to, trying to get people to understand that they're an important part of our ecosystem, the native rough fish. So they're going to be called native rough fish, not just rough fish. Cause I think a lot of people were roping them in with like Asian carp or the invasive. invasive carp and thinking like a sheephead is an invasive fish and trying to kill them. All. And that's not the case. They're a part of our ecosystem and, and they're a cool fish. Um, well, it's so interesting stuff there, but it was funny how a lot of those conversations, whether it was about trout or roughfish, very quickly spun, spun, it was opened up to questions, spun to walleyes. Oh, that's yeah. what people wanted to talk about was walleyes. I didn't hear, I didn't hear a largemouth bass brought up hardly at all, which shocked me because that's a big issue too, is people are trying to get year round fishing for large, or all bass and bass weren't really discussed at all. The only time I heard bass get discussed is when Mark Bacigalupi was, uh, was giving given Mandy Urich and some of the other bass anglers a hard time saying they were easier to catch than walleyes. Yeah. Well, he's right. <laughs> he is right. That was pretty funny. But yeah, I mean, there were there were some moments and obviously the biologists there were great. Like Mark was great. And I, I'm kind of tied in with that technology work group. So I, I believe in that cause. So I'm kind of tied in closely with that discussion. And that I thought was a good one. We could have definitely used some more time to talk about that. Because they not only did they rope <coughs> technology like forward-facing sonar in into the session, but they tied it in even like trail cameras and all technology of hunting and of fishing. hunting and fishing. So not just technology and fishing, but technology and hunting and fishing. So yeah. it just, to me, it goes to show you that the, you know, what we've always said, the biologists, the boots on the ground, they have some important subjects that a lot of us are interested in. So they bring those topics to the forefront. Yet you have say an administration that cares about different things such as climate change, things like that. And they make that the forefront of their agenda at the round table. And then you break off into these little groups and have discussions that uh, can have some actual meaningful impacts coming out of this round table. So uh, it was good to be there. It was good to see a bunch of guys had a great, actually had a great time there. Yep. Really. I, I'm not here to completely bash the round table other than um, I am <laughs> other than <laughs> like half of it where we just sat there and got lectured to about, about things that it's like, yep. I just want to go catch more walleyes, man. But like, geez. Speaking of that beginning, we should bring up that press release. Then we got to talk about our competition oh, sure. before we run out of too much time here. But let's break down that press release of because that was there was good stuff to learn about. Yeah, and it's interesting to see where our money's going. So um, last year, Minfish was a big part of this. They really were able to get a lot of money secured for improvements in the fishing side of things here in Minnesota, including. Uh, some access improvements and things like that. So they have this get out more 
Investments. So M O R E Modernize Outdoor Recreation Experiences. So it's $150 million, $149.9 million. And what broke down $35.4 million to enhance access and welcome new users to public lands and outdoor recreation facilities. So when you say that, uh, welcome new users to public lands, that's what, that's what I've struggled with all along. Like anyone can go use these public lands. So is it an outreach? Is it education? Like, I don't understand. I understand. I, I know there, like there was a guy in a wheelchair there and he said, I can't go to this place because the gate is too narrow. I can't get my wheelchair through there or there's no, you know, path, which I'm, I, I just hope that they don't start putting in, you know, paved paths through all our WMAs. Cause that's just going to degrade the habitat. And, uh, but there are areas, particularly close to metro areas, where you can have some sort of public land that could be accessible for people, um, you know, with wheelchairs. Or one $1 million is actually going in for track chairs and other adaptive equipment, which I think is great. You know, then then they could go wherever they want. They wouldn't need a, 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 some sort of paved path to be able to access this land. So if they could get like those action track chairs are awesome. I've seen those. I've hunted with people using those before. Those are great. So $15 million will be for accessibility improvements, $9.4 million for roads. So I don't know. I don't know if there's. Might be just roads getting two WMAs. I mean, how many spots are in, <laughs> you know, they're just sketchy, hard to get into or, or two track grass road. That's the, those know. are the best ones though. They're they hard the to get ones. into. <laughs> right. That makes them good for hunting. But honestly, it's part of that. I wonder. Buy a pickup. Part of it. I there. wonder, hang on, Brett. I wonder if part of that is like easement roads. To some landlocked stuff that or could tricky, be. you know, yeah. it might be new stuff that's actually, you know, you which we need physically can't get there. $8 million for hiking and paved trail surface improvements. So I don't know if they're just going to improve current paved trails or if they're going to be adding some. I know when all this was going down a couple of years ago and they were discussing uh, improvements to WMAs to make it more accessible, they had talked about creating new areas close to Metro locations so that people from the city had a place close they wouldn't have to drive say all the way out to western minnesota to get on some public land so if you create some of these areas maybe you know closer to metros maybe even where you can't hunt you know maybe they're inside some sort of city limit but they can make it like maybe that'd be a park and trail department at that point but uh anyway two million dollars for improved wayfinding and signs like I'll just, I could have just bought the DNR and on X membership, <laughs> you know, I guess, but the, there are some places that they could use some new signs. I still see WMA signs from like the seventies. Occasionally you get on the backside of some of these old WMAs. People like, probably keep stealing them because they're so cool. I want one real bad. I'm not going to lie. I've come real close. <laughs> I haven't done it. I've come real close to taking one of those old ones because they're not supposed to be out there anymore anyway. They're they're uh, outdated. But uh, and then a million dollars for the track chairs and other adaptive equipment. That's great. Uh, modernized camping and related infrastructure. So they're going to do five million dollars for a pilot to modernize experiences at Miniopa State Park with a campground designed with larger accessible sites and modernized facilities and improve wayfinding and trails. And four and a half million dollars for renewing wastewater infrastructure at uh is it miry big island state park meyer big island state park and then six okay so then this is one do we need to take a break dan or should we keep talking about this well we're we're out of time for two segments anyways (laughs) do whatever you want i guess all right 
Well, and then this is one that's important because we just filmed uh, some stuff about this. $60 million for enhancing fisheries and fishing in, in infrastructure. Um, they're trying to... We toured the St. Paul Fish Hatchery, which is the oldest one in the state of Minnesota. And it, it, the people that work there are great because they still create fish. They make the fish there, but they're doing it in a really old, old building. Uh, so to be able to make it state-of-the-art across the state, like they're going to put $24 million into the Waterville Hatchery, $19 million into the Crystal Springs Hatchery, and $12 million for various other ones. I think they're going to put maybe a couple of million into the St. Paul one. And then they've got $5 million uh, set aside for increased shore fishing opportunities. So if you're somebody that doesn't have a boat or just fishes from shore, they're going to create uh, some more access to shore opportunities, some more fishing piers, things like that. Uh, there's a few other uh, things that have been earmarked, inclu including modernizing the boat accesses. So Dan, we asked about that a little bit and what that meant exactly. Um, and $30 million was for 40 to 60 large-scale projects, which will include accessible features, stormwater improvements, aquatic invasive species prevention, healthy shorelines, and accessible ramps for non-motorized boats. So back in the day when a lot of these boat ramps were built, they were for 14 to 16-foot boats. And what do you see when you're on the lakes now? Bigger boats. Bigger boats. So these ramps needed to be bigger. They needed to be in better shape. They need to be able to handle changes in the weather. They need to be able to handle uh, stormwater runoff. We've got more stormwater runoff now, so they want to try to keep some of that runoff from getting into the lake. So, and then they got some AIS uh, things they're going to be doing there too. So, a um, lot of money going towards that. So some things that we definitely, definitely need. All right. So do we have time to talk about anything else, or is that about it? <laughs> Well, <laughs> we kind of blew our blew all our time on the. Uh, There's going to be a lot of the discussion that ends up on the podcast only. So if you're listening on our 30 radio stations, uh, go download the podcast too, because every week there's stuff that doesn't make the radio show yeah. that is in the podcast. So if you want exclusive content, go to the podcast, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SportingJournalRadio.com, places like that. More from Sporting Journal Radio coming up when we come back. 852 million acres of public land, 147 million private properties, all in the palm of your hand. The number one hunting GPS app just got better. With hundreds of custom map layers, 3D and topographic maps, you can easily scout on the road or at home before you go. And now you can get important weather details, CWD detection, and even know what crops have been planted where. Get the most trusted hunting GPS app ever made. Onyx. Know where you stand with Onyx. Ice fishing season is here. This winter, plan a trip to Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Not only will you have the chance to catch their legendary perch, but this year, Haybale Heights has been catching big walleye after big walleye. And they're doing it from a mobile, comfortable snow bear. No matter how cold it is outside, you're warm and toasty on the inside. Learn more and book a trip today at haybaleheights.com. That's haybaleheights.com. All right, we're back. This is Sporting Journal Radio. Thanks for tuning in on the network by demand, sportingjournalradio.com, or by uh, downloading the podcast, subscribing to it, or watching this on YouTube. Thank you very much. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast and share this with your friends. And comment below on stuff, too, including um, what we're going to talk about next, because this is a way that you're going to win some stuff. we got to come up with prizes for this, too. Well, I would suggest... Brand new car! <laughs> oh, are you buying the car? Are you paying for it? No. 
<laughs> well, let's let's wait on the car until we get a little bit bigger with the show uh, for now. Or if so, all right. So if you want a brand new car, um, share this. With, make sure all of your friends and not friends are watching, listening to the show. The more people that watch the show, the more cars we can give away. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or if there's a car dealership out there that wants to work with us, hint, hint then uh, maybe we yeah. can get, get something get something going. All right, so we got a new contest coming here and it's going to require your participation because you could win stuff. Not quite a car yet, but maybe soon. Maybe? We'll see. I don't know. But uh, definitely some gear from the Fish Hunt Forever Sporting Journal Radio Store. Maybe some, uh, maybe some casking stuff or something, maybe? Or All right! Some of the other sure. stuff that we got out there. Uh, so what, what's going to be the contest? So last week we talked about the best feeling while ice fishing. And so we asked for some submissions of what you thought the best uh, feeling while ice fishing was. And so we took some of those and we, the three of us, kind of came up with our favorite things. And we have a list of 16 best feelings while ice fishing. So those 16 things are going to square off in a bracket till we oh, determine gotcha. a, con a big winner. So we have all 16 here um, ready to rock and roll. And so the way this will work is this bracket is live on sportingjournalradio.com and we'll also post it on Facebook and Instagram. So if you're not following us on Instagram or Facebook, do that sporting.journal.radio on Facebook or uh, Instagram, excuse me, and just search Sporting Journal Radio on Facebook or go to our website. You can find it all there. Um, but each week, so this will be once a week, four rounds, four weeks, this contest will happen. You're going to have to go to our Instagram story. And should we say Tuesdays? Let's make it Tuesdays. Tuesday mornings. Go to our Instagram, and on the story, the Instagram story, there's going to be polls, and you got to vote for your winner of each matchup. And as that goes on, we'll break down the bracket, um, and we'll have a winner after four weeks. But we also need you to go either on this YouTube video or on the posts on Facebook or Instagram, comment who you think is going to be the winner. And if you pick the winner, you are going to be in for a prize. Now, if there's multiple people that pick the same winner, then we're going to have to do a draw. Sure. But uh, if you pick the winner, the item that is winning the bracket, um, you're in for some prizes. But uh, we should meet our contestants. What do you think? Ladies and gentlemen, come on down. All right. Our first matchup, best feeling while ice fishing. I think this is the number one seed, the flag. Oh, and the flag goes flag up. Goes up Everyone yells, flag, and you all run for it. It's a pretty good feeling. Or um, uh, this was a submission from a listener, uh, Fishing Open Water. <laughs> it's a listener seat. named Dan? Uh, or? No, actually, Wade. <laughs> okay. Um, yes. And I don't disagree with him. Um, fishing, open water. He doesn't oh. like ice fishing. All right, so let's. I'm going to ask you two, because, David, you've probably fished with tip-ups more than I do. Yep. And, Dan, you like open water fishing more than... Hardwater fishing. That is correct. What? Which one? Which one do you guys think is better? I want to have you guys debate it. I'd say flag. How yeah. about this though, David? You can have a flag in open water. <laughs> <laughs> we found one in open water yeah, last year. Planer board. Planer board flag. Oh, that is go. true. But David likes planer board. The best feelings of ice fishing. It is ice fishing. So it's really hard to say that's the best feeling of ice fishing. I don't even know why that made the contest. Yeah. Well. Well, it's in there now. The it's one. too late. <laughs> all right. So, let's go to the next one. All right. Matchup number two, when the beer doesn't freeze, <laughs> and then when your wife, or it could be your husband or whoever, when your spouse says, stay as long as you want. Oh. That. See, David, you're the only one married here, so. Yeah. yeah I can 
fish just as long. go fish as long as you want so for dan and i it's definitely going to be the beer, beer. one <laughs> yeah, yeah but i mean if you want things that aren't ever really going to happen saying your wife can stay <laughs> fishing as long as you want now, is probably going to be it <laughs> now we should i should change that actually because it's not just your beer it's your beverage there's people that don't drink beer yeah. we don't want them to be unincluded so if your sun drop when your sun drop doesn't freeze that's a good day i like yeah, sun, drop. sun drop sure but yeah i'm definitely gonna well i can't vote for i don't know what the second one's like i don't know that feeling so uh when your beer doesn't freeze that's my pick <laughs> all right what's next all right we've got this is a good one well yeah. they're all good ones i'm gonna say that for everyone it's like when you say that we have a good show coming up There's they're all good good ones. show coming up <laughs> absolutely when the bobber goes down or when your ATV or snowmobile or whatever ice rig, maybe it's a snow bear, whatever, when it fires up first try. I was going to say when your bobber goes down, but I was having some battery issues with my four-wheeler this weekend and it did not want to start. So <laughs> when you're in the middle of the lake and it fires off, that's a pretty good feeling. It is. <laughs> so I've got a trick now on my snowmobile. So I think it's like a 96 Indy 500. I think it's a 96. And uh, I'll open the... Oh, choke it so I always say open the choke but I feel like that's actually you're actually you're closing, closing it. it so I choke it I pull it twice then I turn the choke off and I pull it and it starts it's almost like almost every time and before I figured that trick out and somebody I can't remember somebody gave me that tip I don't know but I was sitting pull that thing till my arm fell off <laughs> so I definitely get the feeling of starting it up on the first pull even the third pull for me is a pretty good feeling yeah, I don't know. I don't have an ATV or anything, so might be the bobber. I honestly, I think I like watching a bobber go down more than I like seeing a flag go up. Yeah, well, I do too because I just don't use. Because realistically, like you don't get to see the tip up go off too often. You just kind of look out your window and go, "Oh shoot!" Flag is up. We're watching the bobber like. That was a great visualization for radio listeners. Nailed it. But I like sound effects help. I think that is pretty cool, though, when you do actually you just happen to be looking at a tip-up and you see the... Yep. See the Watch the tip-ups. Up. Never go. Never, ever, <laughs> ever, ever. You want my number one tip-up tip? Don't uh, watch them. Don't watch them. Turn your back. It's like uh, watched water. You want a... Uh, Bo- boil. boil. Watch yeah. pot doesn't boil. That, yeah, that something one. like that. So, All right, what's next? Next, we have when you get that first mark on your flasher oh, or yeah. live scope or whatever you're using... Or when your bait doesn't die, whether it's dying while you're fishing or when I initially wrote this one down, it was like if you go fishing on the weekend and then you uh, have to usually have leftover minnows or wax worms or spikes and you go back Saturday morning to go back out the next weekend and it's still alive. You don't have to buy more bait. Yeah, that's pretty great. I think that's an awesome feeling. It is. But for a guy like me that doesn't use live bait very much anymore. You don't use live bait ice fishing? Not very How often. do you catch walleyes? Uh, bare hands. <laughs> When, actually, when's the last time you caught a walleye ice fishing? It's a, that's a great question. It was mostly <laughs> crappie fishing last year. Most of the time yeah. we were catching them on uh, like live targets, the rattle baits. Yeah. I didn't use any. No bait. No bait on them. And then the, the erratic shiner looks like a minnow. So a lot of times I didn't have any bait on it. So I didn't use live bait hardly at all last winter. I'm Well, see, I buy live bait and then I kill it and then fish with it. Well, I, so I, I minnow use a head. minnow head, yeah. That's, but. Uh, but ice, yeah, I'm like I'm a proponent of not using live bait when you can but ice right. fishing i definitely am still on that crutch well someday you'll you'll be good enough dan <laughs> okay <laughs> anywho next? yeah well, next up we have i like this one this one's a good one let me share the screen when your pizza timer goes off in the wheelhouse <laughs> or when the sled pulls itself so like when 
there's no snow on the ice. It's just slick, and oh, you're not yeah. even pulling the sled, and it just kind of glides right next to you. I think that's pretty awesome. But when you're sitting there at like 2 p.m. in a wheelhouse or hard house, 2 a.m. Yeah, sure. And <laughs> ding, that pizza's done or pizza rolls or pizza rolls I, are mozzarella done sticks. Yep. Oh, yeah. that's a winner. That might go the whole way. Honestly, <laughs> that's a pretty good one. That's that a, is a good one. That could be. That's like a 12-5 matchup right there. If you're a March Madness fan, <laughs> and that's that's the 12 seed that's going to go all the way. There is something about when you're walking on ice that has just a little bit of snow, like just little patches of snow, just enough snow that you can walk on it without slipping, but you can drag your sled next to you and it just <laughs> slides on its own. And usually it's early ice too, so people are just jacked up to be on the ice. And so you're just excited like that first first day out, if you're one of those weirdos who's excited <laughs> to ice fish, <laughs> and it's, the sled's just gliding along and it's a good, good feeling. Oh yeah. But All right. Next up, we have... When the rattle reel goes off, it's oh. a lot of a lot of dead stick options here, but all of them are good. Or when you uh, don't lose your phone down the hole. See, I think this feels like a, a one versus sixteen right here. Yeah. Which is the one? The one is the rattle reel. Are you for sure? sure? Oh gosh, that I mean, that's like, that may be the greatest sound. Anyone that's ice fished, that may be the greatest sound in the history of noises. You can just being a dead sleep. And yeah. It, that'll it wake you up going and you're wide awake with yeah. what wakes you up faster when your dog's about to throw up or when, <laughs> <laughs> when the rattle reel goes off it's a very similar reaction yeah. to both yeah i mean the rattle reel is probably gonna win that one but i'll it, tell you what when you walk away especially if you're with a buddy who just lost his phone down the <laughs> and you still have yours you feel pretty good. Yeah. Well, and we know a few guys that have lost multiple phones down the hole, so that they may be voting differently than yeah, us. But exactly. I've never jumped down from a top bunk in a fish house faster than when a rattle reel goes off, and especially when you're racing a buddy. It, it's almost like r running towards a flag. flag. Like you're trying to beat your buddy to the rattle reel just it's as much. Very, so. very similar options there. Mm -hmm. Next up, how many have? How many of these are left? Well, 16, 16 eight, teams, so three? eight matchups. We've okay. got a few left here. Sounds good. When the generator runs through the night, so this is for you wheelhouse <laughs> folks, when you don't have to get up in the cold and refill the generator, or when you're fishing and you're, say you're fishing outside and your holes aren't freezing over, so you're not constantly smashing your holes open. Hmm. I think if for someone that's had to get up in the middle of a blizzard to refill the generator, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. I like fishing outside, though, staying mobile. So See, this I'm is it. Go with the the hole not freezing up. It's it's going to be a matchup of who owns a wheelhouse and who yeah, does it. for sure. You know, because guys who don't own a wheelhouse don't know what that's like. And they're going to say the holes. So I guess we might find out who uh, who owns wheelhouses and who it, doesn't. It's funny. You can you can be woken up equally as fast from a rattle reel as you can when you hear the... Yeah, when, when you hear the Jenny start to, start to die. But but your reaction time is different. Like, you're like, oh, it's cold outside. I wonder See if somebody, somebody else will <laughs> yeah. the generator going, going out. First, yeah. but the rattle reel, <laughs> jumping up out of bed. All right, what's next? This is the last one. All right, and I think one of these is going to be what wins the whole thing. This might be like this would be another twelve-five matchup if this was a thing of sixty-four teams, but it's not. When the fire department doesn't show up, <laughs> specifically if you're on Upper Red Lake, or when you're out there fishing and your buddy shows up with more snacks or more beer, something like that. Um, I definitely say when the fire department doesn't show up. As a guy who's been out there, when the fire department does show up, it's pretty nice to just fish and go home and not get made fun of on social media. <laughs> That's great. I'm going to go with the snacks because you can never have too many snacks. Yeah. Uh, you're not very hungry when the fire department's there. 
I, I'm, I must be weird because I'm not a big snacker generally when I'm hunting or fishing. Nope. So you're a big snacker at home. At, oh, at home is a different story for sure. <laughs> or if we're in a, if we're in like an ice castle that we're going to be in all weekend, I'll eat the the entire time, like the entire time. <laughs> but I feel like when I'm in a portable or even if we're in the boat half the time i don't even really like to eat in the boat i don't know what it is only when i break out my fruit snacks oh well, yeah then you, i gotta ask you go, <laughs> I, I got any more of those yeah like, an extra oh, one yeah yeah i do brad i do and like sam like sam Soholtz never goes snackless like when i'm in a tree stand now granted i don't stay in the tree stand all day like he you does sit for like 45 minutes yeah it's the best <laughs> how many deer did you shoot this year zero mm. but to be fair it took him as long as it ever has to shoot a deer this year, too. He's, he but was he there. shot He did one. shoot one, yeah. Well, I missed. I shot at one. I should have had one. Maybe so. if you'd have had a snack. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what was wrong. All right, so what do people have to do, Dan? So, again, uh, go to our website, sportingjournalradio.com. You can see this full bracket, or it'll be posted on our social media, on Instagram and Facebook. Comment on either this YouTube video, comment below, or go to our social media. If you're listening on the radio, go to all any of the above youtube instagram facebook comment your winner and then each tuesday for the next four weeks go to our instagram story and we'll be sure to post about this all over social media if you go to our instagram story tuesdays vote on the winner and in four weeks we will have an overall winner which if i had to take a pick it's going to be the fire department um, everyone who comments the winner below and so you, you got to have your comments in by the time we start this because if there's comments showing up right right as the last round starts you're not going to win that's cheating so you got to get your comments in before tuesday that's going to be january hang with me 31st jan 31st no is it that was i was looking at the october calendar it's going to be Jan 30th. October? Yeah. Why are you looking at I don't October? know. I have no idea. <laughs> it's January. January 30th. Have your comments in. So I guess by the 29th, I guess. Yeah. So I suppose. Well, we'll put all the details on the website. It's on our it's website. hard to follow for me, and I'm sitting next yeah, to you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Sportingjournalradio.com. Go there. Check it all out. You can win some sweet gear and uh, pick your winner. Best feelings while ice fishing. Very cool. All right. Um that's going to be a fun one. All right, we're going to hear from Joe Henry, get a Lake of the Woods fishing report when we come back on Sporting Journal Radio. Don't miss the 2024 Minnesota Deer and Turkey Classic presented by select Heartland Chevy dealers at Canterbury Park in Shakopee March 8th, 9th, and 10th. This year's Classic features top hunting celebrities like Pat Nicole Reeve of Driven TV, Melissa Bachman of Winchester Deadly Passion TV, and legendary bow hunter Barry Wenzel. Get your antlers scored, view more than 300 antler entries, and see the latest hunting products, plus a great lineup of lodges and outfitters. Learn more about the Minnesota Deer and Turkey Classic March 8th, 9th, and 10th at Canterbury Park in Shakopee at mndeerclassic.com. Lake of the Woods, the walleye capital of the world, is calling out to you. From the Northwest Angle to the South Shore and Rainy River, this is the Midwest's number one ice fishing destination. Walleye, sauger, perch, northern pike, and eelpout. The fishing on Lake of the Woods is like a world of its own. Experience the most amazing fishing through one of the many full-service resorts featuring heated fish houses, ice transportation, meal plans, and sleeper fish house options. For more information, go to lakeofthewoodsmn.com. This is Sporting Journal Radio. I'm Brett Amundsen. Thanks for tuning in on the radio network by demand. Maybe you subscribe to the podcast or if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you very much. Along with Dan Amundsen and Joe Henry joining us now on the show from Lake of the Woods Tourism. Joe, how, how are things? I tell you what, uh, ice is progressing. We're finally getting into the cold weather that we've been asking for for a while. And uh, a better late than never, as they'd say, you know, I mean... <laughs> 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's about time. Uh, things are fine. You know, like I finally am getting all my ice fishing gear ready. So the timing is about perfect. And maybe I've been putting it off since it's been a little bit warm. But that nice cold stretch sure firms some things up. And uh, things are happening up at Lake of the Woods, it sounds like. Yeah, they are happening. You know, well, I'll tell you. So first off, progress is being made on the ice roads. Um, you know, again, I, you hear me say this over and over, but every ice road is different based on how much weight they allow, what kind of vehicles, when they allow them out, how far out they're going. Each road is its own road. But I can tell you that some of the ice roads have finally started allowing um, half-ton vehicles pulling a wheelhouse, a certain size wheelhouse. And some have even allowed, I think, three-quarter-ton trucks with uh, no wheelhouse. So that that's good news. Again, check with uh, the resort or outfitter that you're planning on going out on um, their road. Um, but ch check on the rules and regulations before you go as far as weight limits and restrictions and things, and then adhere to them. Don't go, don't go motoring off the trail or, and searching out your own ice. This isn't the year for it. No year is the year for it. This certainly isn't the year for it. There are some cracks and some different areas of ice that we don't want people driving on. And then, of course, uh, the other thing that's kind of a, a progression in the wintertime is the ice bars that we have up at Lake of the Woods. So one of them out of Zippo Bay Resort is uh, the Igloo Bar. And the Igloo Bar is out um, and it's open, and which is pretty exciting. And, uh, you know, uh, if you haven't been to the Igloo Bar or heard of it, it's uh, it's about two to three miles out of, of uh, Zippo Bay Resort. There's a real good plowed road out there. And, uh, you know, when you take that main highway out, it's like a highway. It's plowed. It's really wide. And then when you get out there a little ways, normally that Igloo Bar is a great big sign that says Igloo Bar. You make a right turn on that side road and you can see it out there all lit up. Or, or if it's during the day, you can just see it from the road. And um, you get out there, the, the bar itself is a, a thousand square feet. It's got almost a full bar in it. It's got a partial hot menu. They normally have some different hot food offerings. It's got an instant cash machine in the bar on the ice. It's got two big screen TVs. And oh, by the way, you can actually ice fish in the bar. It's like five bucks an hour for a hole. And uh, I always kid around, you know, it's like how many bartenders, you know, have a fresh bucket of minnows behind the bar every day? Yeah. And uh, the Igloo Bar is one of them, you know. But I'll tell you, you guys, um, every year, uh, Jen, Jenny is one of the main bartenders there. And, you know, when she comes in at noon, usually, she, uh, she'll put a sucker minnow down right away. And each year, she'll catch multiple pike that are over 40 inches, which hmm. is usually about a 20-pound fish. She gets some hogs, just some pigs. And then she also gets usually some nice walleyes. People that are coming in there and angling will also catch some pike and some walleyes, you know. And uh, it's kind of funny. I, uh, I mentioned to Nick Panovich, the owner of Zippo Bay Resort, I said, Nick, gets kind of festive in there when somebody catches a catches a walleye he goes oh, you should see what happens when somebody loses one you know? <laughs> <laughs> i hear it gets pretty festive and you know joe i like how you called it an instant cash machine like the old remember when because it was the old orange ones were the first ones and they were we called them all instant cash but that that's was the brand of the machine it's like like calling uh calling them all, all tissues kleenex i suppose yeah, well, you know, uh, um, I guess <laughs> it shows my age, but, you know, uh, I guess they're an ATM machine. Is that yeah. what you call it, an ATM? Yeah, cash machine, sure. ATM, but the old instant cash. I remember having to drive around, look for the signs at the gas stations. Uh -huh. If it had the orange instant cash sign, I could get money there. Well, there it is, ATM. You can see it because, oh, there's an ATM sign, Brent. They did Perfect. it just for you to just to, to make sure things are good, you know. But, <laughs> uh, you know, you're 100% you're right about that. and um, It's it's fun uh that igloo bar, the other thing that's kind of funny about that igloo bar, I think, is they have uh, little little porta potties that are like little heated, they look like little heated igloos, and they do heat them. And I said to the owner, Nick, I said, Nick, how come you heat your porta potties? He goes, I'll tell you what happened. 
some of my female friends were giving me a hard time because uh, the toilet seats were so cold in that women's uh, women's porta potty that I started heating the women's. Well, then all the guys started using the women's. Now I got to heat them both. <laughs> well, <laughs> you got to like having a heated. Ba- I like having a heated bathroom anytime. Honestly, it's kind of, but <laughs> it uh, is nice. It's, it's just kind of another novelty. They have a they have a fire pit right outside. Uh, you know, on the ice and. Uh, um, it's just kind of a neat thing to go to. Some people snowmobile out there. Some people just drive out there and have a couple of drinks, you know. And um, some people that are fishing in that area will go in there. And and it just you get a, it's a real festive crowd. It's a real festive environment. They usually have a you know if there's a game on at night like a wild game or something they'll have that going at night. And um, it's just kind of fun. Otherwise they have hunting and fishing shows during the day and um, fun fun atmosphere. And then, then of course the other one we have a second uh, ice barn out too. That's called the Angry Walleye. And the Angry Walleye is out of Cyrus Resort, out of uh, the Bostic Bay area, kind of over by Morris Point area. And uh, again, you can go, out to, you can drive out to that one as well. And uh, um, that's just a little ways out. It's not real far out. And uh, again, they, they make there, they're kind of famous for their homemade pizzas from Cyrus Resort. They make homemade pizza there in their pizza ovens. And again, it's it's uh, just a, a fun atmosphere. You know, a lot of people will come in as they're coming in off the ice to, uh, you know, to have a to have their favorite bump, and then. Uh, you know, other people make that as a destination. Well, they'll actually drive out, you know, and maybe they're staying at a different resort. and They'll decide, hey, let's buzz over to the Angry Wallet. Let's buzz over to the Igloo and go and have a couple drinks out there before we go grab dinner, you know. I just got my snowmobile fired up here, too. We finally got enough snow for it, and hopefully it's snow sticks around. I might have to go north to get on any snow uh, here pretty soon to, to ride around a little bit. But you could you could go up there with your sled, too, and take all those trails out to the uh, those ice bars, if even if you're not fishing, right? hundred percent. Yeah. In fact, you know, uh, this year is kind of a tough snow year around the Midwest, as we know. And, you know, uh, we do have snow up north. And, uh, you know, we also have the, the trails that go all around the lake. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a trail that goes up the east side of the lake. There's a trail that goes up the west side of the lake. I, I don't know if that trail that goes from uh, Arneson's Rocky Point and War Road up to the northwest angle. I'm not sure if that one's open. You'll have to check the... Uh, um, Northwest Angle Edge Riders Snowmobile Facebook page, but I can tell you that the the trail that goes from the Wheelers Point Pine Island area, um, you know, up that east boundary up to the Northwest Angle is wide open. The trails up at the Angle are, you know, the, the Snowmobile Club down on the south end, um, the Drifters, Lake of the Woods Drifters does a great job of maintaining the trails, both on the ice and on land on the south end of Lake of the Woods. That, that's one of the things, Brett, you know, our fishing is so good that that overshadows everything else but man our snowmobiling is kind of a best kept secret up there because everybody fishes but boy you know we got uh, we got the great trails two very active snowmobile clubs we got wilderness we got the lake you know um they, they groom them they stake them and then of course we got the resorts that are along the way which makes snowmobile riding pretty fun and you know there's always a place to stop and get gasoline or food or drink or whatever your your fancy is and it's, it's just kind of a neat atmosphere up there. You know, Brett, you and I, I mean, we, we've done the snowmobile thing up to the Northwest Angle, if you remember. And uh, well, well, I remember. Was a fun yeah, I remember. It was like 25 below zero. <laughs> well, remember, remember the funny thing was we were shooting that Prairie Sportsman TV show. Yeah. And, of course, I think your cameraman, it was his first venture. First yeah. venture with Prairie Sportsman. So what do we do? We, we put him on a snowmobile. We had player, brand new player snowmobiles that were just awesome. And that was 25 below zero. And we went 42 miles across Lake of the Woods, 25 below up to the Northwest Angle. Welcome to Prairie Sportsman. (laughs) Right. And it was wild because the ice, I remember, formed a little bit rough that year, too. So the trail kind of wound through these big, 
you know, uh, ice chunks that were jutting up into the air. And it was, uh, you know, if you went off the trail, it could actually get a little bit dangerous. But, but they, uh, they, it was, it was if, you, if you, you know, stayed on the trail and just kind of weaved around, it was kind of interesting. It was kind of pretty. I, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, if, if, you'd, if you'd be going 50 miles an hour off the trail and ran into that kind of ice, it wouldn't be good. But, no. you know, obviously you're supposed to stay on the trail and be responsible. And, but those ice shards sticking up. And, of course, for the people that are listening, you know, if you're not aware, you know, the way that happens is you might get, you know, four, five, six inches of ice early. And then if you get a huge wind and things let loose, now all of a sudden that ice is piling up and getting forced on top of one another. And it piles up real high. And it's almost like, a, almost like a, I don't know, nature sculptures out on the ice. I mean, there was pieces of ice going really high in the air. It was very interesting. Yeah, it was it was wild, and and if it hadn't been you know thirty five below wind chill or whatever it was when we were doing it, we probably would have stopped and filmed it a little bit. But we were uh, we were definitely on a schedule and trying to get up there. That was a fun trip, and of course caught a bunch of fish up there at the angle and got to hang out. That at the was Northwest I remember angle. even the filming we did with the snowmobiles and how you were flying that drone over the sleds and we were driving them. And I mean the whole the whole thing was great. And uh, you know I remember we uh, uh, had a real good fish fry up at I think we stayed at Sportsman's Oak Island that time, but. I think we had a really good fish fry up there, and uh, um, yeah, it was just it was just kind of a fun trip. You know, one thing I say I'll say too is that you know when you do a trip like that, you know, you're going 42 miles across Lake of the Woods, and that's pretty, pretty. Uh, you know, I mean, they have bombers run on that once in a while, but there's no guarantee the bombers going to be coming your way anytime soon. Depends on their schedule, and you know, uh, you got to be careful. You got to have it's good to have two riders. It's good to have your cell phones charged up. You don't want any exposed skin if it's real cold like that. And if you remember, Brad, we'd drive for a little ways, and then we'd all stop to make sure everybody was good. And then we'd yeah. just keep on going, you know. Right. Well, when we were hauling a bunch of camera gear up there, too, and and uh, so Dylan was driving a little bit slower, hauling all the gear, which is important, of course. So we had a, I, we had those brand-new Polarises, Joe, and all I wanted to do was open them up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang it. Come on, Dylan. God dang, but uh, we made I was, her. I was, I was, I was so happy we had those because number one, they were smooth, they're comfy. Yeah. Boy, you know what? When it's uh, twenty something below and you turn that key and they start, it's a started good right up. Yeah, yep. that's one of the best feelings in ice fishing. Maybe. Which you'll see in our poll that you can find at sportingjournalradio.com. And Joe, you can take part in that too if you want to. Tell us what you feel is the best, the best feeling when you're out there ice fishing. Um, check it all out and. Um, Joe, I know we're coming up there in a couple of weeks with an a glow trip. Are you gonna? Are you planning to be up there with us? You know what? Uh, hit and miss with my schedule. I, I'm sure gonna try to be, but you know uh, things are always moving and shaking, so we'll we'll see. But boy, I tell you, you know uh, the last uh, the last couple of years you guys have been up, it's been so much fun. And oh, yeah. you know we normally with the glow we get some outdoor media that maybe haven't been to Lake of the Woods for a while coming up, and you know it's just uh, boy. It, it, you're creating story ideas, you know, so you're, you're working together, you're fishing, you're experiencing Lake of the Woods. And of course, these are outdoor media. So they're either doing videos or writing about it or, you know, social media, whatever the case might be. But, you know, like-minded people rubbing elbows together, it's really a enjoyable experience. And, uh, um, boy, there's always some good stuff uh, being produced when, when people like that get together up there. Well, we're looking forward to, to being up there. With it. Hopefully you can join us, Joe. But if you can't, and uh, if other people can't be up there when we're there and they want to plan a trip to Lake of the Woods, what should they do? Hey, you know what? We have everything on our, our website. Lots of information, all the resorts, days, fish, and everything. That website is lakeofthewoodsmn.com. Sporting Journal Radio is a division of Macaba LLC. If you've got a question, comment, or story idea for us, send us an email. Go to sportingjournalradio.com. While you're there, you can learn how to advertise on the show and visit our store. 
for hats, hoodies, coffee mugs, and more. Go to SportingJournalRadio.com.